Hey everyone, welcome back. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about when the lies become your truth and how that's a very dangerous place to be and how you can reverse the damage. So we're going to work from John 8, 42 through 45, and I'm going to read that scripture to you. And just to set the stage a little bit, Jesus is performing signs, wonders, miracles amongst many, many thousands of people through all the communities and towns that he's traveling through. And at this point in the scripture, in the book of John, the people are challenging him. They're, they're almost mocking him, if you will, saying like, you really are, like, how could you say that you're the son of God? How could you say that, that you are the son of God? That, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense because, you know, Abraham's our true father. If you're saying you're the son of God and that, you know, you are God in the flesh, Mm, that doesn't jive with us, okay? Abraham's our father. That's what they were taught. That's what they received. That's what they accepted because they were still working off of the law of Moses. They were still working off of the law that kept them within a certain set of structure, guidelines, boundaries, and, and that was that. So Jesus said to them this, if God were your father, you would love me. Because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own accord, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. For you are children of your father, the devil, and you love to do evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. And this is what I want to tell you. Let's break down this scripture. Let's dissect it a little bit so it's a little bit easier to digest. So we're talking about when lies become your truth. So from the scripture, what we see is Jesus is going, I just don't get it. But we know he really did get it, right? He's going, I don't get it. Why don't you believe? Like, how hard is it for you to believe after you're seeing me do these signs, these wonders, these miracles? Do you think me, a man, is able and capable and and has such authority and power to do those things of my own volition? Like, he's like, guys, wake up. And he goes on to say, like, I'm here not because of me, but because of God. I'm here on a mission. So he said, well, you don't understand because you can't even hear what I'm saying. You, you don't believe the truth that I'm saying, that I'm doing. You don't believe any of that is truth and you don't take it as truth because you can't even hear the truth. Why? Because they had become so consumed with a preconceived way of living, a law, a very religious way of living where they had to live within a certain context of rules in order to be made right with God. And anything that exceeded those boundaries or regulations, they were like, nope, and they rejected it, right? So they became so accustomed to telling themselves that only XYZ is possible, but not ABC. You hear me? So when we 
attached to a thought, when we attach to a, a seed that's been planted in our mind, and we're going to talk about the planting process in a second, when we attach to a, a, a thought of doubt or disbelief, I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be financially stable. Oh, I'm never going to get married. I don't think, I just don't know how that could happen. No one's going to want to marry me. Oh, I, I'm, I'm never going to be a homeowner. Oh, I just, I don't see how my health could ever turn around. I don't see how I'll ever lose the weight. I don't see how I'll ever, you know, build the business of, of my dreams. I, don't, I just, I don't think I have what it takes. It's just not, it's too hard. It's too hard. All these thoughts of doubt and disbelief over and over. When we attach to doubt or disbelief, our hearts become hardened. And we have now developed the inability to receive good news, hope, or even the ability to be able to see justice, breakthrough, or relief. So when Jesus says to these people, hey, I know what the problem is. The first problem is you can't even hear me. Why can't they hear? You're not able to receive something you can't perceive. So this was a spiritual problem, not a physical problem. Jesus wasn't saying, yo, y'all are deaf. No, that's not what he was saying. What he was saying is you can't hear me because you can't see what I'm doing in the spiritual. You only see the physical. So if you can't perceive it, you can't see it. So when our hearts become hardened because we have been eating and digesting too much doubt and disbelief and condemnation and shame and guilt, we ourselves are unable to hear the good news, okay? So we're unable to hear the good news that you can make it. Your business is going to be successful. Why not you? If, if she could do it, if he could do it, why not you? Oh, you're going to get married. Oh, and that house? Yeah, you're going to have like a, an even bigger one. But we can't. We can't receive the good news because our hearts have become hardened. And what we see in the physical is all we can receive. And even what we see in the physical is distorted by doubt, disbelief, etc., etc., etc. So it's not really even a true a true picture, a true vision, a true accurate description of what's really happening. Because if we can't even see the truth in the physical, we certainly are not going to be able to see it in the, in the spiritual. So how does this happen? I'm going to give you John 10 and 10. John 10 and 10 says, and this is Jesus speaking again, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have, somebody say have, have life and have it abundantly. So the first part of this verse says the thief, meaning the enemy, the devil, okay, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now see, the devil can't steal something from you. He can't kill you. And he himself cannot destroy you. He physically cannot do these things to you. 
He cannot. He cannot override the working power and the authority of God. He cannot override that in the physical. But what he can do and where the devil does hold power is in the spiritual, okay? In the spiritual realm of thought. So daily, moment by moment, if your mind is not guarded, if your heart is not guarded against lower thought vibrations, negative thought processes, demonic interference as far as thoughts and wavelengths and all of that, if you are not guarded in your heart and in your mind, you are a ripe, very fertile playground for the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy because it all starts in the mind. So when the enemy plants a seed in your mind, it'll come through as a thought. You're not good enough. Well, you're really overweight. Oh, did you see your hair today? Oh, girl, lay off those cookies. You're looking a little chunky. Yeah. What happens? We either receive the thought or we discard it. The only way we discard the thought is if we have the antidote to the negative thought process. If we do not and we're left unguarded, we catch a thought and that's what happens. So how does the lie become your truth? Because you caught a thought. You caught a thought, you chewed it up, and you swallowed it. And now you're struggling to digest it. And the news is, kids, you are never going to be able to digest anything other than the truth of God, the truth of what God says about you. So if you catch the wrong thought, thought your heart becomes hardened And it usually typically begins always in the mind. So unfortunate things happen, okay? But what you believe about unfortunate things that happen to you will either make or break your spirit. So like this whole global crisis, if you lose a job, a separation, a divorce, a diagnosis, okay? Any of those things, they're unfortunate. But what you believe about those things, what you believe is going to either make or break your spirit. And why? Because your thoughts, your beliefs are powerful. And that is exactly why the devil attacks the mind. Your power and authority lie in your mind, which gives birth to your beliefs, which give birth to your words. So it's all a very spiritual process. When the spirit becomes weak, it's ill, okay? When it is ill, it's ill because it came into agreement with a lie, a non-congruent statement, a non-congruent thought process that doesn't strengthen the body, but on the latter end, weakens it. So your first line of defense against the enemy is now broken because your mind was left unguarded and now you caught a thought. So after you catch so many doubtful, deceitful, you know, um, manipulative, degrading thoughts, after you catch so many thoughts, 
those thoughts turn into a heaping mound of lies. And when you have a heaping mound of lies between your ears, in your mind, you can't hear the spiritual truth of things anymore. So now things start to look really dark. You can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You don't know how you're ever going to make it out of this and onto that. You just don't see how there could be a breakthrough here. You don't see the goodness in this because how could this be happening? Okay. The truth always looks like a lie after you've been digesting, attempting to digest lies for X amount of time. For a prolonged period of time, the truth will always begin to look like a lie. The truth is rejected by your human mind because it is viewed as a foreign object. This is why guarding our mind is so important. The mind will reject the truth out of safety and protection. Now, this is a psychological breakdown. This is scientific, okay? This is very scientific. Your mind, your subconscious mind will go through great wavelengths and works to protect you. After you have decided in your mind, after you have come into agreement with so many negative thought processes and so many uh, demeaning thought processes that don't you know, promote life and they promote death, the the human mind, the, the subconscious mind goes, okay, well, this is what she's comfortable with. This is what he's comfortable with. This is what we do. This is our pattern. Um, and if we break that pattern, it sees it as a threat. It is considered a foreign object. The truth now becomes a foreign object, just like a blood transfusion. You cannot give someone with you know one type of blood, a certain other type of blood, unless they're a universal donor, because the body will reject that blood transfusion as a foreign object, okay? It's out of a defense mechanism. Now, what's very important to realize and understand, Dr. Caroline Leaf states in her book, and this book is wonderful if you ever have the opportunity to read it, Switch on Your Brain. She says, it is scientifically proven that... We are in control of the mind. We choose our thoughts, okay? The thoughts influence the activity in the brain. And then the brain influences the body's physiological responses. So the, the brain does not control the body. The brain doesn't create all these random thoughts. No, thoughts are being produced, Okay, thoughts are being produced. Some of them you produce. Some of them are not yours. Some of them are not yours. Why? That's a whole other podcast because we get into wavelengths and thoughts and vibrations and calibrations and all of that, but not all of those are yours. Hence the devil, hence the enemy. The devil walks on earth. He is not elated, an elated spiritual being, okay? It is not a high vibe being, not an angelic, beautiful being. It's a lower vibe. You're going to catch a dirty thought from someone who is close closer to this earth realm. You hear me? Cool. So this is a danger zone when our mind starts to reject the truth as a foreign object because doubt and disbelief cancel your faith. So the longer you have and you have discord, doubt, disbelief, running through your mind and through your, now your physical body, okay? Now your physical body as well, your faith is canceled. And without Faith, you come out of the covering of God. What does that mean? When you do not have faith, 
you do not have God's covering. Why? It requires faith to activate God's working power in your life. God's working power is activated by faith. It is written that we believe not because we see. We believe by faith. And God by faith is active and alive and working in our lives. So when you come out of the covering of God, because you have no faith, and if you do not have faith, you are totally in the fear zone. You are out of God's protection, provision, purpose, all of that. And now you're in the stronghold of an enemy. A stronghold is anything that it keeps you bound to something. Okay, so think of chains, if you will. You are always believing in something, always, every day, every moment of every single second of the day, you are believing in something. But what are you believing in? What are you believing in? Reflect on the last week, if you will. What are the beliefs you have been carrying around the past seven days? What do they sound like to you? Are they, oh, I am, I am focused, I'm on fire, like I am going after this goal, I'm going to put in the, the effort, I'm going to do my, pray, my prayers, I'm going to sit in my meditation, I'm going to like really give this all I got, or are you thinking the opposite? Have, has your belief over the last seven days been like, I just can't do this anymore. I'm so over this. I'm done. I'm, yep, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm just, I give up. I'm, I'm not doing it. You know what? I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Come on. Where are your beliefs? Now, not only what have you been believing in, because we all believe in something. What are you believing in? What, is, what are the beliefs that are running rampant in your mind? But who's your voice of truth? God spoke so clearly to me this morning and I did a live on Instagram and God said, ask them who has been their voice of truth. Is it CNN, Fox News? Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Is it the death counts for this stupid virus? Who's been your, who's been your voice of truth or is it God? Who has been your voice of truth? Too many people are creating idols and gods out of the news, out of your mother's brother's sister's cousin who thinks they know this, this, that, and that because their brother's sister's other mother's cousin is a doctor or a nurse. Who is your voice of truth? To know the voice of truth, you need to know the voice of God. How do you know the voice of God? I'm going to tell you right now. A lot of people think they're hearing the voice of God, but if you don't know the word of God, you're not hearing the voice of God. And what do I mean by that? We're going to break this down quickly. Like adults. Because we're going to talk about the word of God. To know the truth of God, you need to know the voice of God. To know the voice of God, you need to know the word of God. I'm talking about scripture. I don't care what your religion is. I didn't come to talk religion to you, okay? Because my God is not a God of religion. My God is a God of relationship. My God is a God who wants to have the closest mutual relationship with you and just show you his unfailing love. That is the kind of God I serve. I also know that because I study the scriptures. I study the Holy Bible. 
It does not matter your religion. It does not matter if you're, if you're Jewish, if you're Catholic, if you're Protestant, if you're Orthodox, if you're Methodist, if you're Baptist. It does not matter. It does not matter. Get into the Word of God. The Word of God is a book of redemptive history that, that shows over the course of time God's character. And if you're looking at it and reading at it, reading it as strictly a book or preconceived notions that this is strictly a book of vengeful, of a vengeful God, a punishing God, you've got it all wrong and you're missing out on truly the, the fruit of the spirituality in that book. So get into scripture. Scripture is not for religion. It's not. Scripture is not for religion. Scripture is to help you deepen your relationship with your creator. And if you don't know that you have a creator, that's the first problem. And that's the first fracture in your spirit that's leading you, that's leaving you open to attacks in your mind. So you can't catch the lies that are being implanted and that you're catching in the atmosphere until you've had a revelation of the truth. You can't catch a lie until you've had a revelation of the truth. You have to get in the word, pull out specific scripture, affirm God's word versus your own. What does that mean? I used to be big on affirmations and I still am, but my affirmations are significantly different than they used to be. My affirmations in the past used to look like, look like this. Well, they used to sound like this. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I am worthy. I love myself unconditionally. Now, let me tell you the problem with that. I hated myself. I did not accept myself. I wasn't loving myself. I was self-destructing. That's what I was doing. And no matter how many affirmations or self-help books I read, I can't believe something that, that I, can't, I can't affirm something and expect it to stick if there's not a degree of congruency there, if there's not a degree of agreement there. Follow me. Follow me now. My affirmations today come directly from the word of God. They come directly from the scripture. Every morning I wake up and I have a whole bunch of scriptures I recite and I say and I, I affirm them out loud, okay? The life, the power of life and death lie in the tongue. Your words, we're going to get to this in a minute too. Your words are powerful, okay? Very powerful. So every morning I have a couple affirmations. I'll throw a couple at you right now. So what I say is I'll say, you know, I am the head. I am not the tail. I am above. I am never below. I am a king's kid. I am an heir of royalty and I am a co-heir with Christ. I say the blood of Jesus protects me. The Holy Spirit guides me. Thank you, God, for your angels that surround and protect me. I am chosen. I am chosen. I am, and I recite things over. I am called. I am more than a conqueror. I recite these things over and over and over and over again. And why? Why can't I believe, oh, I deeply and completely love and accept myself? Well, now I can believe that, but I couldn't believe it until I could come into agreement with it. I had to agree with some part of that word, and I didn't agree with it at all. 
But when I realized I was already deeply and completely loved and accepted by my creator, it helped me to realize that, oh, it's cool for me to do that too. He loves me. He's accepted me. I can accept myself now. Do you understand? So get into agreement with the word of God. Pull out specific scripture. Read it. The Bible is a story. It is a story of redemptive history that shows the character of your creator. It also reveals a lot about you, who you are, the promises of God on your life, the potential that God has placed on you that you were born for, the calling, the purpose, the the anointing that we have on our life. You can't go wrong when you get into scripture. When something or thought presents itself to you or you, you are now observing these thoughts that are going through your mind and you're, whoa, whoa, where'd this one come from? You now have the antidote. You fight back with the truth. You can't fight a lie. You can't conquer a lie until you have the truth. Get in the word of God and fight back. God said too many people are not fighting back. Too many people have settled for the worst and you can't fathom God's best now. You laid down your sword. This is where the word of God is so powerful. The word sword, S-W-O-R-D. Look at the root word, 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 S-W-O-R-D, word. Your word, the word of God spoken on your lips is your sword. It is written that the word of God is active and alive. It is sharper than the sharpest double-edged sword, piercing through soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the attitudes of the heart. Let's unpack this so that you can really, really get to the meat of this. It is sharper than the sharpest double-edged sword, piercing through soul and spirit. The word of God, your words... Your words, when you speak, do you see them? No, you don't see them, but you feel those things. You really feel those things. Words are spiritual. You can't fight a spiritual problem with a physical weapon. Okay? You can't. Every problem, every unfortunate thing that happens, you know, everything that we are going through in this global crisis, this was first a spiritual problem before it manifested in the physical. It is important that you use your spiritual power, aka your words rooted in the word and truth of the word of God to fight back. So when we unpack this scripture and we see it says it cuts through soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Why joints and marrow? Joints are the movement. Marrow is the life force. So if the word is active and alive and it's cutting through those two things, you are cutting, you are canceling the demonic movement. You're canceling the life force that that is birthing that negative thought process. So you are basically taking your word, speaking it into the atmosphere, the word of God on your lips into the atmosphere, and you are canceling 
its life. You are canceling its life, its movement. You are binding it and you are breaking it. And whatever you bind, you are binding the progression and life of that very thing. So the demonic energy, the the devil, the enemy, whatever you want to call it, the thought processes that are not your own, that are catalyst and seeds planted by the enemy to bring you down and throw you off course. When you use the word of God and you speak it into the atmosphere and you affirm it, you are binding the progression of the life of that. You are canceling it. You are literally to bind. You are tying it up. That's what it means to tie it up. And what you tie up in the spiritual lacks all power and lacks any power in the physical. So it's also written, your word is a lamp unto my feet. The word of God is a lamp unto your feet, a light unto your path. People only stumble because they don't have any light. So people don't fall unless there's no light. So the word of God is a lamp and a light. And that's exactly what it will be for you. It is powerful in cleansing the mind. It is necessary in guarding your heart and guarding your mind and preventing and undoing and undoing ill effects of doubt and disbelief that you've been chewing on for way too long. Like I said, you're never going to digest that. It's never going to go away. We have to counteract it. You have to fight back with your sword and your sword is the word of God. I mentioned today that I'm going to be putting out some scripture on my Instagram stories for you in the morning so that you can recite them and you can affirm them over and over. It is so crucial and so important that you know who God says you are. If you do not know who God says you are and you do not know his promises for your life, you're going to believe the lies of the enemy. You are a playground for the enemy unless you are suited up and booted up in the truth that comes from the word of God. So I want to offer you a prayer that God offered on our Instagram live today to all the people. And this is a prayer to come out of agreement with all the doubt, disbelief, shame, condemnation, guilt, resentment, anger, hatred, whatever these demonic thoughts that have been weighing you down and preventing you from walking in the fullness of the purpose and the call that God has on your life, it can be undone. And how, like I said, you don't battle a spiritual problem with a physical weapon. You use your spiritual weapon and that is the word. The tongue holds life or death. You can speak death to that thought and you can bind it, tie it up, and it is null and void and completely powerless. Before I offer you this prayer, there's a couple things I want you to know. To be able to come out of agreement with a lie, you have to get into agreement with the will of God. The first line of defense is knowing the word of God, reciting the word of God. Do you have to have the Bible memorized front to back? No, come on now, nobody does. But there's certain scriptures that you know that you can go to to protect yourself. There's certain scriptures that'll just be playing on repeat in your mind, like a radio station. 
And I'm going to tell you for me, that's Isaiah 54 and 17, Psalm 91 and 11. I say those whenever I'm in my car, whenever I'm, you know, my daughter might be going somewhere. I say, you know, I decree and I declare Isaiah 54 and 17, not a single weapon formed against me shall prosper. I, Psalm 91 and 11, thank you, God, for sending your army of angels to shield and protect me and surround me everywhere I go. Deuteronomy 31 and 8, the Lord goes before you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So I say these over and over because if I'm not speaking the truth of God into my atmosphere and I'm not replaying it through my mind, I am going to go to a very dark place very quickly. Why? Because the world's a hot mess and it ain't getting any cleaner anytime soon. It is up to us to suit up, to boot up, and to handle business. That's what it comes down to. So to come out of agreement with the lies that you've been carrying with you, those doubts and disbeliefs that you've been, that you've been harping on and you made, maybe didn't even know how you got it or why you feel this way, you have to come out of agreement with the lie. And the way you do that is by getting into the will of God, choosing the will of God. So choosing the will of God means this. You need to know a couple of things about the will of God. And I'm not going to teach on this now, but what I am going to do is give you a couple points that God gave me earlier to teach on. So the will of God is found in the word of God. Okay. Like I mentioned earlier, you are the head. You are not the tail. You are chosen. You are a lender, not a borrower. Come on. Like how good is that one? You are a lender and not a borrower. You are a lender and not a borrower. You need to know that God always wants more for you than you want for yourself. That's what you need to know about the will of God as well. For a long time, I was very afraid to pray the will of God. I'm going to tell you why. Because I thought if I, and now this is before I had any scriptural study. This is before I ever you know, opened a Bible. I was very afraid to pray for God, to, to God, to let God just do what he wanted to do. You know, why? Because I thought that the will of God meant that I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. God knows all. He sees all. He knows what I've been doing all these years. He knows how I haven't been the best person. He knows all the lies I told. He knows all the things I did. He knows all my deep, dark, dirty secrets. And if I pray for his will to be done, I'm going to burst in flames. That's where my mind was thinking. But see, that's not the truth of the will of God. Had I been in scripture, had I been in the will of God, I would know because the will of God means what God wants for you. Now, will we know exactly what God wants for us? Sometimes we're going to get it. Sometimes we're going to feel like, oh, this is what God wants for me. Yeah. Like, and we're going to be so in alignment with that. And we're going to be like, oh, I had a feeling or yeah, I was thinking this the other day and look, oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's going to be like the windows of heaven opened up and you're going to feel so on point and on fire. And then other times, you're going to be like, what? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like this, how is this the will of God? How? That's not for your eye to know. That's not, the why is none of our business. The why is none of our business. The how is none of our business. What's our business is this. God always wants more for you than you want for yourself, even if he has a weird way of doing it. You also need to know that his will doesn't match your timeline. Some days it might look pretty close to it, but other times you're going to be like, what again? 
Like, this is not what I had planned, and this is not how long I thought it would take, and why is this taking so long? Again, the why and the how, not, none, of your, none of your business. God wants for you more than you will ever want for yourself. That, decri- that requires a degree of faith, knowing that all things, even though maybe are not caused by God, because God does not cause all these hardships, but he will use them. He will allow them. And why? Because if he can get some glory out of it, and if he can do something so magnificent in your life and work it for your good so that you can go, look what God did for me, he'll let it happen. He'll let it happen. There's been many things in my life. I'm like, why God? Why? Like, why is this happening? And God's like, you don't understand what I'm doing now, but one day you will. The will of God means no baby faith, no Santa Claus faith. You need a I'm in it to win it kind of faith. That even if it looks dark, even if, see, what if is fear? Even if is faith. Even if, even if, God, it's dark. Even if I don't understand what you're doing in this moment. Even if I don't know why it had to happen this way. Even if I know you're still good. And I know that Romans 8 and 28 tells me that you work all things together for those who are called according to your purpose. So those who love God those who are for God, those who really want the will of God in their life. All things work together. Those are a couple things you need to keep in mind about the will of God. Now, I want to offer you the prayer. So write this down or replay it over and over again. And you can recite this as many times as you need to because there is going to be many thoughts that happen to pop up in your mind and come across your mind on the the screen of your mind throughout the day. And you're going to be like, where in the world did that come from? And most of the time, you're not even going to know you caught a thought until after you catch it. So this is why you have to be on guard, on point, and ready and prepared to after you catch that thought, you got to be ready to throw it right back. This is the prayer. Today, May 13th, 2020, I declare I come out of agreement with every thought, word, idea, relationship, and connection that opposes the will of God on my life. Let the truth of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit take its place. I pray the will of God be done in my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Recite that to yourself again and again and again. If you catch a thought, I come out of agreement with that thought. I come out of agreement with everything that opposes the will of God in my life. I declare the truth of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit to take its place. God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. I'm praying for you guys. And I can't wait to connect again.